Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Owens. And you're listening to The Geek Town here on WEMF Radio. Mm. I love it because it comes in and then you got Mr. Chappelle letting us know how it actually goes down and y'all getting this over. Hold it! Mm. I think Sorry. I rushed my name that time. I rushed your name? No, I think I did. Well, come on. You're excited. Look at Madame Moose. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down here on WEMF. As you heard, I am Pat B. On the side of me, I give him a pound. Mm-hmm. The main pound puppy. Is it a move? I'm talking about my main man, Black Adam Willis. Hey, how you doing, man? You all right? I'm not bad, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm not bad. Enjoying my extra muggy Monday. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. For real, yeah. It's sticky it's Monday now. Like, it's this warm out. Dude, I mean, I'm not complaining because I'm glad we got the warm weather, but it's gross. Yeah. Like, just uncomfortable outside, man. Clothes are sticking to body parts. It's unsanitary. For real. <laughs> but that's only That's the last thing you want, too. You know what I mean? You're walking like that. You get to work. Like, everything's sticking to you. Yeah, you know, I want to give them a show. it off before you talk to people and everything. You got to leave something to the imagination, you know? <laughs> it's like, what you got down there by your knees? And <laughs> <laughs> you uh, wrap it around, you know? Yeah, you know, just, just, just like tuck it to the side and get, get the hell on. All right, we not alone in the house. I'm looking across the table at my main man, well, my other main man, Dirty D. What's up, Snoogans? Mm-hmm. Snoogans. Bringing it back. Yep. <laughs> and Capital Captain Catastrophe. We're talking about just Johnny. Yo. Mm-hmm. And keeping us sounding amazing as always, I'm looking in the booth to my man, Herbie Herb. Yo. Hey, what's going on, you? You all ready for, a fi- for an action-packed, fun-filled show? Woo! Good, because we just we have just that. Why did I get the excitement from one dude and one dude only? The rest of y'all extra. Yeah, yeah, so all like, yeah, yeah, sure, fine. It's like I just don't want to be the lone guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> you give it thumbs up on the radio, bro. Yes, rocks. It's radio of the mind. I look forward to a look forward to a very classic, classic broadcast production. All right, but no, we do have an action-packed show for you. I'm looking at my man Stone Cold to back me up here. He says, "What? What? 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 Sorry, your bad jokes." <laughs> <laughs> But now we do He's have... playing with a Stone Cold action figure. I, yeah, yeah, the thing with contest, that Stone Cold thing too is like when I was watching it, when I was yeah. watching the whole Attitude Era thing, and like the, I never noticed that. The what thing? Yeah. Really? That was they. They would do that. that was for, yeah, but I just never noticed it then. You know what I mean? I was just paying attention to other stuff. I guess. You know what I mean? Now, like I'm going back thing. and just said, what? <laughs> what? Like, promo like, and everybody always, in the crowd man. would just be saying, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what? What was I watching? What was I paying attention to? I, uh, I think it's context because it started off like Maybe. funny. He would cut someone off. And yeah. the audience would do it for like seven minutes yeah. straight, just well, like, you know, we have a show to put on. Yeah, you get in people's faces, and then just the what? And people like look blankly back at him and everything like yeah. that. It was perfect. I just don't know what I was Hey, man, to. better that than when like you had The Rock and Kurt Angle talking about strudel and milk. Yeah. Uh, and these cats, yeah, <laughs> breakdowns for boobs. And, for real, man. All right, hold yeah, on. That's some of those lost storylines. Uh, some of the best We're on purpose, ever. yeah. <laughs> I love how we can jump into... Like a serious. Actually, you know what? No, I'll save the news, the, the serious story for a second. Let's jump in with uh, one, a more amusing story because it ties into the show today too. We'll be talking about X Men Apocalypse and a tie-in for X Men Apocalypse. This is actually this is legit news. Uh, fans left over seventy-five thousand voicemails for Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters video. Uh, now, this was a viral marketing campaign for X Men Apocalypse. Which, oddly enough, believe it or not, the marketing campaign did better than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Seriously, it's unfortunate. Nah, I, I, saw, I saw that movie, so that, that was spot on. <laughs> but um, now, a viral marketing campaign for X-Men Apocalypse invited fans to call a toll-free number um, at the end of a retro-style promotional video. This was like, you know, in the 80s, you'd have, yeah, you know, uh, Nets Technical Institute. Or um or uh, you know refrigeration repair, gun repair, HVAC. Yeah, you know. Wow. <laughs> well, this was kind of like one of those. Hey, we have a special school for gifted youngsters, and the best uh, thing to come from the marketing campaign itself, because the movie was kind of. I'm not going to say the movie was garbage. I'll yeah. say that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were the responses to this ad? You know, I love how they had one dude called in, uh, pretending to be Deadpool. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not my really... favorite one. Oh, Deadpool one. <laughs> That's my favorite one. My favorite one was the dude that called in. Like, okay, now, okay, if anyone doesn't realize, um, you watch the video. It's got like a uh, promotional video for. We have a school for you know if your kids are in a special situation, you know uh, this is a safe place for them to learn and grow and adapt and stuff. This is kind of like those Sylvan commercials or yeah. commercials for, for you know uh, different alternative schooling. And this one had a number you could call supposedly for Xavier's line. You'd call the number and you'd re- receive a voicemail message from Stan Lee. That's what was cool as hell. 
No way, dude. That's the Stan number Lee right himself. there. That was awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it would basically say Stan Lee would say, Can true believers believe? Leave a message and we'll get back. You know, Stan Lee style. Yeah. Mm. And cats would just leave these hilarious messages. Now, mind you, sifting through 75,000 of these suckers. Is there a certain guy that does that too, you think? Stan like, Lee? How do you get stuck with that job? Like, I mean, sifting through all the messages. You know? Oh, I don't know, man. That's... I would have had a blast. I would have loved that. <laughs> like three weeks though. later, the guy's got a full beard. Like, like, like <laughs> his ears in a cast. Yeah. You, you know, know? In all fairness, like, we talking about, like, the, 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 we, we got, like, a solid, like, five or seven that were just extra uh, spot on. 75,000? Yo, yeah. Of them. Oh, um, uh, I didn't realize. Uh, click. Uh, well, oh, oh, it's a thing. Uh, click. Uh, hey, who, Mufasa. Click. You know, like well, getting people stuff. to call like hotlines and stuff is just a funny thing in general. I remember it was like I saw like a business card and it was like for uh, the Hall and Oates hotline. <laughs> oh, it's like if you need your Hall, if you need your Hall and Oates fix, you call this number and you like call it up and it's just a constant like streaming thing of like Hall and Oates music. You're like, yeah, all right. Then and then you hang up. You know what I mean? So you got your like thirty seconds of Hall and Oates and that was it. But it was you know just what? hilarious. That sounds like, dope. And if it wasn't like five ninety nine a minute, you know what? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That would have been yeah. I would have left that on the background and things. It's like that, okay, greatest elevator music ever. Yeah. You put me on hold. It's like. Private eyes are watching you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. And then you get that you phone bill later one, on, yeah. and I get to pay to watch Pat sing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, hey, I charge for the service, y'all. I can be seen in karaoke every Tuesday. All right, no, no, no. But um, no, my personal favorite one was the dude who called in. Like everyone called in. I'm the sea urchin. I've got you know a uh, problem with my powers. Uh, well, I've got needles coming out of my body, which would be normally great. I could fight crime and stuff, but they're only in the uh, well. We'll just say below the equator, yeah. and it's proving a problem with my love life. Yo, stuff was clever. Man. I think the, my favorite one was the guy who called up. Hey, could you not send those robots to my parking lot? That would not be cool. I was rolling, man. Like, oh, man. so creative, man. You gotta love fans. Yeah, no. Okay, check these out on YouTube. This is the yeah, only time we're ever promoting like common sections other. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> usually, uh, they're full of trolls that should. Be, Belong yeah. under bridges, you know what I mean? Well, like, no, yeah. remember, when we when we took over the lifestyle show from uh, from Mr. Bond, we used to do promos for the party lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you see random <laughs> Indian guys. I forgot about the party line, dude. Was, this is not as hot a party as I had anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, it's good to have some fun with it, man. People like, oh man, yeah, yeah. No, that was, it was a bygone age. I like this promotion. Yeah, no, it's right. funny. Man. It's, it's a funny. new story about a commercial. Now I want you to take that in. That's how pointy this was, and it was. What's up, man? It's it new um, X Men Apocalypse is still in theaters now. They promoted this, I think, very well. And I'll leave y'all with just the concept of my favorite call, which was a dude who called in not as a gifted youngster, but as someone who misunderstood the commercial and said, "Oh, um, okay, if y'all are." If y'all don't have powers, um, please give me a call back. My number is blank, 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 blank. I'd, I'd love to be a gifted youngster. I mean, I'll, 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 take, I'll take some gifts all day. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That would be me. That would be me. That's a daggone shame, but I confess that. Yo, check it out on YouTube. If you uh, just Google um, uh, uh, X-Men Apocalypse uh, voicemail, X-Men Apocalypse uh, phone calls, X-Men Apocalypse, anything of that combination, uh, you can hear yeah, you some, of the, uh, yeah, some of the highlights of this. And you can find the actual campaign. I think it's still going as long as the movie's running. Call it yourself. Leave a couple messages. <laughs> Come up with a good bit, yeah. Throw yeah, it in. Right there. We got the number right here you got, you scribbled the into this yeah. desk somewhere. Wait, 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 number on it, man. What do we got? Wait, is it? 1-800? 312? 312- What's the nine nine five one? Nine nine five one, yeah. Sorry. I'm like looking wow. at it upside down. I'm like, yeah, oh, what's this? Alright. What if they call that call one eight hundred? I don't want to be an X Man, but I would like to know his number. It's one eight hundred, not nine hundred two folks, so yeah. you know. No, yeah, not nine seven six. That's a whole different kind of gift to yeah. youngster. You um yeah, feds will come to your house. I got this overdeveloped forearm and I don't know how to <laughs> like hide it. ATF. Wow. Okay, on that note. <laughs> Alright, next news story, next news story. Uh, okay, this is actually a more serious one. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con has fallen under a class action lawsuit for using volunteer labor and uh, uh, to support the uh, to support the show, the uh, convention itself. Now, the suit has been... Okay, let me break this down because it's actually... It, it, the details are complex, but it makes sense in the long run. Um, the suit's been filed against uh, Etain... Uh, dang it. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to pronounce. Itani? It, it, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I'll say Itani. Itani Emerald Corp. Uh, which ran the convention up until 2015, and the original founders, uh, the Demonakos family, the ultra, ultra Greek named Demonakos family. Um, but basically, what it comes down to is uh, at least 250 people who volunteered to work the conventions uh, were promised uh, were promised pay for like you know the actual work time, overtime, uh, you know breaks, all that stuff. Yeah. And between uh, 2015, 2014, and 2015, and were never paid for. 
Oh, no. Yeah, Dang. just completely, uh, oh, I don't That's say ripped three off. Three days That's, of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, a statement a from, time. nah, the whole thing was, the whole thing, the whole thing reeks of looks like Jive sucking them from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah seriously. This. Oh, no. Now, a statement from the current owner, Reed Pop, uh, explains that uh, nonprofit companies are allowed to use volunteer labor. For-profit companies are not. Now, these were a nonprofit company. Uh, Etain and Demonacos because they run conventions that people basically are going to and working at for free entrance. Mm. You know, so it's like you work for us for three days and you get the equivalent of a half a day to a day okay, okay. of like free time. Just explore, take in the con, buy stuff, see stuff, panels, all that BS. Um, and while not legally required to pay the volunteers, uh, the ECC, uh, the Emerald City Comic Con, did make the offer to pay them. When they volunteered. So the fact that they just reneged on an offer that they actually made, they weren't originally legally obligated, but that makes it an actual position. Yeah. And Reed Pop is the company that, uh, well, they own several uh, different conventions, including like New York Comic Con, the biggest yeah. one, or one of the bigger ones. And they came out with a statement now, they're offering to pay their current volunteers. As of right now, Reed Pop is a for profit that now owns the, con- the uh, convention. So the fact that a for profit, um, owns the previously non-profit owned yeah. and run convention is what's made this such like a huge story now because mm. say that five who, times fast yeah yeah no, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling with myself but the cats who brought up the lawsuit are now struggling with the fact that it's a for-profit organization who has the resources and i think they might be looking for them to take up uh some of the actual uh some of the actual monetary uh, responsibilities uh, damn, we're fin- financiary. Well, okay, monetary Fiduci- responsibilities. Fiduciary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking for them not to be as, as, as big fiducious as they have been. Right. <laughs> and actually pay these cats, man. I'd be pissed myself. I think these cats actually have a legit case. Oh, you don't get paid for anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, they were promised. You People go to these things on good faith because they're yeah. fans, you know? Yeah, they, they absolutely do. And when it comes down to uh, one company that sort of acquires the licensing or the rights of another company or, mm-hmm. or sub sub product of that being the con itself, mm-hmm. uh, with that acquisition comes uh, the liabilities that yeah. come along with it. You have to uh, take it all uh, because you are now fronting as that business. Uh, it, there, there's definitely, I, I remembered this very vaguely in my law class i took like 10 years ago or something like that they they have a law class on convention operations and pay no it's, it has nothing to do with conventions it's oh, just man. it's just uh, has to do with companies that acquire another companies they they have to take the responsibilities uh that follows that company that they acquired so it's, it's just something that companies have to deal with when they uh, get uh, uh, obtain a part of it or now you said Repop was going to move forward and pay its current volunteers. Yes. What about the 2013, 2014 guys? That's not were, their responsibility, and they were very smart about that. They said that kind of goes against what he said. So it's like, well, no, Repop has taken it over. Yeah. but the suit itself is not against Repop. The suit oh, is yeah, specifically yeah. not against the con. It's against the previous con owners. The owners, Demonicos yeah. and yeah. I, and I, yeah, yeah. So the well, ones that made the promise themselves yeah. are the ones that are the fall of the lawsuit. Repop, it feels like they made this statement as a courtesy. Yeah. Which, considering they're pulling a, a couple of fast ones with the admissions for uh, like Comic Con now, I think might be good for them to get some positive press and for them to fall on the side of the fans, or at least not on the side of the fans. Make a uh, a statement that the fans can use as part of their suit. Yeah, uh, is a wise kind of a wise political move by them right now. Yeah. What, what I suspect is that. Uh this Reed Pop company, mm-hmm. the the deal between them and the previous owners. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing that the lawsuit is going to be based entirely on that deal and whether or not the original company uh, is going to be responsible or if Reed is going to be responsible. Mm. And either way, because they made the promise, it's uh, if it's written, that's yeah, that's it. Clad. Uh. Well, the only defense I think I, I think these cats can have is that they're a nonprofit. They made a promise, but they made probably verbal uh, agreements with these people because they promised the minimum wage. You know, minimum wage. Uh, like I guess time and a half bucks. overtime is still yeah. You know, it's still it's still. I mean, it's still garbage. Yeah. Yeah. For the whole, for the whole weekend, it probably wouldn't come up to the cost of like one actual ticket admission for the three days. Yeah. Yeah, but they were free labor. They were poorly paid labor. <laughs> yeah, they were unpaid labor. But they worked at this convention. You know. Well, people's, the whole thing's people's fandom and geekdom knows no bounds, brother. No, it's those like a hundred, hundred bucks, hundred, hundred, two hundred bucks for two hundred and fifty people. That amounts to a decent chunk of change. What twenty five k? It it does, but still, I mean, 
my my whole thing is you're taking advantage of your fan base. You know, exactly. if these people are yeah, working yeah. for you, they would be your customers. Argument. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, I don't know, if, exploiting if your fan base is nothing new. I mean, that happens every week oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the box office. Every yeah, you know, we exploit the hell out of our fan base. Sure, I mean, that's yeah. just, but I mean, <laughs> all but, seven of you out there, but they come back back and forth because they like it. You like it, don't you? Look at you, you love it. All right, um, all right. I think we've harped on this one long enough. You'll follow up because ECCC, the Emerald City Comic Con, uh, falling under a lawsuit right now. This is big business because I don't know. This could set a precedent. I don't want to say for sure, but it's uh, the spotlight's on them, man. All right. So let's jump right into the Shastis. meat of things, the nitty gritty of the shoe here. Because now, Johnny, you got to check out what's one of the most popular MOBAs right now, uh, Overwatch, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Ah, nice. Definitely did. Overwatch, mm-hmm. uh, it is some good stuff. So it's a brand new intellectual property by Blizzard. They haven't come out with something like this in, I don't know, maybe like 20 years or something like that. It's a first-person shooter. If you've played Team Fortress 2 or um, uh, Battleborn is another one that actually just came out this month as well and is a direct competitor. But it's basically a hero-based shooter um, where you go in one team against another team and there's uh, a bunch of different maps and each map has their own uh, set of objectives, whether it be Escort or uh, um, uh, King of the Hill style Mm -hmm. uh, or some other uh multi-objective based match and uh you're using your particular hero uh in a very unique way versus all the other heroes so all all the heroes in this game are all very unique and their abilities really set them apart from one another uh they are sort of categorized into four separate classes of offense defense tank and support Mm -hmm. uh for the 21 i think heroes that that exist but each one plays that particular role very, very differently. So you have uh, an offensive character like Pharaoh. Uh, she can fly around. She has like this jetpack, and she can hover in the air, and she can like really rocket up there and get like this bird's eye perspective, and then just rain a bunch of rockets down at the at the uh, opposing team. Mm. Uh, and another offensive would be um, uh, what's his name uh, Reaper. Which one? Okay. Uh, and Reaper can sort of. Uh, go into the shadows, go into like the spirit world and, and nice. you can sort of see him, but he'll, he'll teleport through and he's invulnerable while he does it. He can also just teleport straight up. Uh, but you can get indications, but, and Wait, he has so like he the stealth class or is he the, uh, he's like a, well, he's like an assassin. So mm. he's an offensive character. He sort of teleports behind enemy lines or gets behind enemy lines. And then he has, he dual wields shotguns and he just unloads on whoever's nearby and then sort of cloaks up and disappears into the nether again. Oh man. So it's and, like ninjas. And that's just two different uh, characters of the same sort of role. Mm-hmm. And there's, like I said, yeah. 21 of them. They all play very differently, and it's very fast, very frantic. Uh, it's less um, based on uh, sort of... It, it's more focused on first-person shooter elements mm-hmm. and being very accurate with that uh, than it is with sort of... Core, um, the more mobile aspects of things. There, there are no oh, creeps wow. they have to worry about. There are no, um, in, in a particular match, there's no like meta mm-hmm. element they have to worry about. Like, uh, so it's like, primarily player versus player versus player, uh, instead of rather than player versus environment. Exactly. There, there's no environmental things that you need to worry about other than the objective that's happening. So you don't have to worry about buying uh, upgrades, like buying items that enhance your capabilities. Yeah. You're not leveling up mid-match. Perks, so all of those RPG them. elements, they're they're not there. So it's very much uh, stripped down uh, just hero powers and what those characters can do. And... Um, just first person shooter now with that said it's very streamlined it's it's very polished and uh the other big kicker is that you can switch your characters mid-match yeah oh okay i didn't didn't know that i got i got a taste of it um over the weekend just a brief taste i didn't realize i could swap out because i was getting my ass handed to you can swap (laughs) out and it's very very important because you can come across uh another team that has an ideal matchup uh where they're going overly defensive with a completely ridiculous character like bastion uh you can then <laughs> you can then swap out for a character that can counter you can switch to a character that can counter bastion like reaper where you can sort of teleport behind bastion get get behind him mm-hmm. in order to take out bastion when he's in turret overpowered turret mode okay now what a do, lot of hype has of, been oh, okay what's you know, what do you think of the length of the matches like uh, i've played it for i've been playing it for like 
three days on and off with my buddies. Yep. And um, I actually enjoy the length. It's like six to ten minutes average, I think, per match. Yeah. Probably a little, probably a little less than that. It's very fast paced, like you said. So, yep. I, you know, in games, like, I've played first person shooters where a match can go for like half hour sometimes. You know what I mean? Depending on the objective, or whatever um, mode you're playing. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you think of like the six minute? Do you think that helps the game out or? Oh, absolutely. It's it it keeps it nice and quick. It keeps yeah. it fresh and frantic, and it keeps. Um, Everything it keeps all the players focused on that particular match yeah. and knowing what it is that they need to do mm-hmm. uh, at any point. Um, I think the most complex mission, like map missions, is maybe like a two objective or maybe yeah. a three objective, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any more complex than that. If it's the escort mission, you're escorting it to either uh, three or four different spots, and then that's it. Like you're just escorting this this crate freighter whatever well, vehicle long escort missions piss me right the hell off man. Well, I'll, I'll, refer, I'll refer us back to dead rising where it's like you're having fun you're killing zombies you you're trying on hats in the mall and whatever what do you what we do and then you have escort missions where it's like okay now i gotta i gotta uh direct some inept ai across an entire map through every enemy class Back Bob, you slow single, me down. Yeah, you know and that really that really like siphons the momentum out of a game i'm not hearing anything, any bad stuff so you're telling me that this has somehow circumvented the historically terrible yeah. uh, mechanic. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it's because it's PvP mm-hmm. escort yeah. where you're defending, and if the opposing uh, oh, so I'm not team- I'm not escorting like you know uh, this 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 one like you know uh, uh, a cannon unit. I'm escorting some random uh, team of noobs. No, no, no. You you are escorting a vehicle of some sort or some cargo of some sort. Uh, The noobs can fend for themselves, you jive suckers. Learn to play! Okay, sorry, continue. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. It's the other... Your your team is escorting this thing along, and the Mm -hmm. opposing team is trying to stop it from progressing. Mm -hmm. So there's always conflict that's happening, and there's always... uh, The big thing about the game is that it really does require team effort. Uh, there's one character, Reinhardt, which is a slow tank dude that has like this big giant shield that he can yeah. pull up. And while he has the shield up, nothing's getting by. No, it takes forever to take down that shield if you're shooting at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing's going to pass through that shield. So he can have a bunch of people behind him, like a healer, mm-hmm. and just really sponge up all that damage and just yeah. really, really solidify uh, their position at that spot. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, other characters in the team, maybe uh, the offensive ones, can go along the sides and flank the enemy and take them out from the sides. There are sniper characters that can sort of find a nice hide spot. Uh, there's, some, there's some nice verticality uh, in there as well that in, in each of the maps that really allows for these different types of playing anything bad about the game you don't like yeah there's there's no like uh there's no ranked system oh like a competitive mode yeah there's no like leaderboard competitive nature to the game itself uh and i think that's a major a major drawback drawback it's definitely a gaping hole that they should have something there do you Uh, think it's something they're going to include down the road they could they absolutely could include it uh down the road uh that and uh one thing that I know for certain that they're including is they're going to be including more characters, more maps, and uh, more cosmetics, and that's that's the big thing. There is a pay to, not pay to play, uh, pay to win. It's like a just a pay for cosmetic stuff on the pay side. To, it's pay to not suck. It's pay to look pretty. It's pay to look pretty. Uh. Yes, they do have that. <laughs> okay, pay so to look pretty, pretty, baby. All right. So you, what you what I'm getting from you is the game lives up to the hype. Absolutely, it does live up to the hype. It, it, I wish that there was uh, just a leaderboard system, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure Johnny just wants to show how badass he is. Um, <laughs> that's it. You know, I'm not surprised the way you just went off. I am on terrible, answer. except except with Diva. <laughs> oh, okay, All Diva's right. my character. Well, I, I know you didn't give out a game of Hanzo, my but... dude. <laughs> I love Hanzo. Well, actually, Adam, you might Hanzo's get a, good. You, you might get a kick out of this if you if you check out um, pictures of uh, uh, Zaria. I think it is. Uh, she looks, and I mean seriously, it's uncanny. Like uh, our former uh, Geek Down correspondent, uh, Fonda Feeling. Yep. Really? Like, yeah, like spot on facial features, body wise. Wow. I think somebody owes her royalties, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't seen her in a while either. It's been a while, man, yeah. since she went off to uh, do her circus thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we miss her. We she went invite. off and joined the circus. We should literally, invite, yeah. Literally, yeah. She went off and did. Um, but no, we should invite her back one time. Like, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, body wise. Yeah. Like, she's, you know, a, a strength trainer, mm. and that is her from like head to toe, right down to the pink hair. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah, it absolutely yep. is. All right, so Overwatch, man. Overwatch, uh, great game. Definitely pick it up. 
if I had to recommend, so they have two main bundles for it. One is the $40 and the other one's the $60, which comes with some extra cosmetic stuff. I would just ignore that $60 one. You're getting more bang for your buck with the $40. And eventually you can earn, uh, just from leveling up in the game, earn the extra cosmetic stuff as you play it. I'm with that. I'm with that. Oh, and it's available on uh, Xbox One, Mm -hmm. PS4, and on PC. Get it on PC. Well, you'll tell people. It's like, you want to make sure you get it on PC. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, he's right. it's a Blizzard it's like, game. I mean, yeah, it's going to push to 60 frames per second, but it's like consoles can't really do it justice. Like, I'm pretty sure it's PC does it great justice. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait. I'll, I'll, I'll just, well, let's wait until you it comes out. You just need that mouse. You need the mouse. Right. <laughs> it's all about the mouse. All right. You know Keyboard what? I, you know what? I, I, I'd like to dispute you to make a joke, but he's not wrong. <laughs> all right. So, um, okay. So, thank you for the Overwatch. I want to know right now, though, who is getting hit in the face with phones? Who's getting hit in the face? Or, or, is he not, or is Russell Crowe not doing that anymore? <laughs> no, he's throwing them. He's he throwing throws them. the phones. Okay, there right? you go. All right, well, my man. Oh, is that uh, what it was? Yeah, uh, yeah. Black Adam got to check out Nice Guys. Yes. Yeah, so how, yeah, how, is, how, are, how are the apps? Well, this is like a, a movie I thought it was like made directly for me. Because <laughs> like, I, I like this movie so much, you know what Black I mean? Adam. I think he just made it for me, yeah, you know what I mean? This is a Shane Black movie, and that, you know, if you know oh, Shane well, Black. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he was in Predator, you know what I mean? He's the he guy, he was, he was the character in Predator, he told all the bad jokes, and I can't tell him on the air, but they're they're really bad, and they're really funny. I'll give you a Billy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it, you actually nailed that, you know? And so, uh, but after Predator, you know, he, he wrote Lethal Weapon, and then um, mm-hmm. that kind of spawned this big... He basically wrote the blueprint for like that buddy off, you know, off color, you know, action comedy thing. You know what I mean? And then uh, from that point on, he was like the highest paid screenwriter in Hollywood. For good reason. You know what I mean? And then he wrote a a string of movies. He wrote like The Long Kiss Goodnight. He wrote uh, The Last Boy Scout. You know what I mean? And it was like it's it's really gritty, kind of really sharp dialogue. All all told around some uh, some reason around Christmas. They all take place around Christmas oh, or mean, something like that. Gotta, and you so you got to know what works for you, man. Right. You know, and I, so uh, that's why I, I made the mistake of thinking he wrote Pootie Tang, <laughs> but you know I was that was wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, I he just wrote a, a character in there. <laughs> Uh, but then he, his first movie he directed was a uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then that was so funny that it was like a coup for movies for me because I was supposed to go see I think I was supposed to go see the movie Capote. Or something yeah. crap like that, you know what I mean? And Yo, there was like, it was dope, man. I saw it. It was, it was all right, but it was like I, the, the times got messed up. Anyway, like I walked into Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I had ner- heard nothing about it, and it was like it just blew me away. And I was like so surprised at how good it was. And um, and that job got him Iron Man three, and now he's here yeah. making the nice guys. And in the same vein of all those other movies. This involves uh, a couple private detectives who are kind of like down in their luck, and this takes place in like 1977. Around the porn industry in Los Angeles, and around the porn industry, yet they resisted the urge to call it a couple of dicks. <laughs> they were, yeah, they <laughs> they pulled back on that one. They pulled out on that idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, oh, man. and so it's just this is I can't. Can I come back from that? Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Man. It's all, all you. right. It's yeah. all you. Stone cold approved. Just give me a hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is, this follows these two private dicks. And uh, and they're they're investigating the uh, the death of this uh, porn star named Misty Mountains, and uh, which is a great name, yeah. And so and and giggle hound today. I'm sorry, it's too good. And investigating this, this leads them to all these weird hired goons, the the auto industry, and actually like the federal government as well. And it's just like the federal government is involved in Misty Mountains. Absolutely, nice. you know what I mean. This wouldn't be a, a Shane Black script without like it going to the highest levels as well. Nice. And so I mean, this movie plays better once you've seen it like once or twice because when you can tune out all that's going on, like all the plot details, all the mystery and stuff like that, it's just like plays really well as just like a a very witty buddy comedy and this is like this a prime example of of good writing in character instead of just like this this thing we're kind of stuck in of having these characters kind of just sit there and riff on joke and uh, just well these guys not really, really for their comedy I mean I'd imagine with the which is which is interesting too because Russell Crowe's a, like a funny guy like Ryan Gosling's a funny guy he's yeah. and it shows him he's trying to escape like Ryan Gosling's trying to escape that like that's like the Disney Mouseketeer good looks that he has and everything like that, and he's like a really good actor, you know. I, I, think he, I think I think he did that with Drive. 
Yeah, yeah. I think so good. too. And so, like, he's he's like the master of kind of just staring at things like quizzically, and you know, like kind of like an, like an alien viewing something for the first time. And he, like he does really well with this. And some of the Lars and the real girl man she scared the hell out of me. Yeah. And so some of the comedy in this is like it's, it's like double edged as well. You know what I mean? It, like it plays really well at first as like a straight comedy, and you're laughing your butt off, and then like uh, it comes back to you later in the movie, and you realize, like, man, that's really dark. You know, that's really kind of tragic. Some of the uh, it's, it's the, like a the joke, comedy. yeah, yeah. And it's just okay. it's just really. I mean, it's a dark movie, but it, it's just really you know like the the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe is is, is phenomenal, and I know it's 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 just done in a, a sh- uh, such a sh- smart sharp way and uh it's, it's just great man i had a, a lot of fun at this movie um i laughed i actually went back and saw it again like uh two nights later like that wow yeah. uh-huh. so See, it's, i'm surprised now i like the work of ryan gosling i like the work of shane black i had a hard time buying russell crowe in anything but like a serious or action role right it True. looked a little shoddy in which the it plays that's me? why you know it's supposed to play that well because he's uh he's a uh, like the tough guy you know he's built like a refrigerator and like he comes in like the first scene together that he like breaks his arm yeah. and then he like comes back and realizes like, i gotta work with this guy this guy knows something about the case i'm on mm. and so they kind of have to reluctantly team up like anybody you know comedy movie you know it's like they don't want to be together but they're forced together in some way Okay, when I saw the trailer for this, I got the sense of it was supposed to be or trying to be what Inherent Vice had promised. Yeah. If you remember that movie. Yeah, of course I remember. I like really liked that movie and that well, movie okay, you like you really liked it. We had differing opinions there. Right. But it looked to be a period piece. Uh, that was um, a comedy set around serious. Well, I think this one's supposed to be like the comedy dumb thing, and it really nails that. Uh, Inherent Vice is like it's it's kind of like a different level on what it's trying to achieve. You know, I don't really, uh, you know, remember all the fine points of that movie, but it's yeah, it's definitely a heady <laughs> movie. That one. Um, all right, so this, you would recommend this then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I think it's brilliant. I thought, you know, I think Shane Black, who also uh, wrote it as well as directed it, you know what I mean? He's one of the finer screenwriters of our time. So, and he's writing in character. He's doing, you know, he's he's got a bunch of projects on the horizon and everything like that. And he's, yeah, he, I'm glad to see him working like this. He actually just signed on. I think the the new movie he's going to do in a couple of years. He's doing uh, uh he just signed with The Rock, uh, Doc Savage. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's that was a, to that was too. official today. Yeah, came out today. Yeah, yeah. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, now, so if anyone doesn't know Doc Savage, that's one of the like classic, old school like noir characters in the DC universe. Yeah, so and, that was his first choice with The Rock, and I guess uh, The Rock finally like strapped on, you know, and decided to do that with him. So, yeah, a lot of big things went from Shane Black in the future. Damn, I'm all excited. <laughs> He's like, oh my god! No, high praise from Adam Willis too. Yeah, you. no man, this is it, dude. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. Good actors doing good work. Mm-hmm. You know, that can't ask so- for more in early summer stuff. You know, oh, for real, for real. All right, and do we get a tasteful shot of uh, of Ryan Gosling's bum? Not in this one, no. Man. Ah. But you do get to see him hit with the same car like four or five times. For example, you know what I mean? It's a great <laughs> set piece. It's, it. it's fantastic. You know what I mean? He's he's trying to get this like briefcase, and he's walking, and the same thing just keeps hitting him over and over. It's just it's just funny, man. It's just like it's it's set up well. It's good. All right. I don't know why that makes me feel good, but it does. All right. <laughs> I'm glad to make you feel good. Dude. Thank you, bro. <laughs> All right, but no, that's not the only thing the cats got to see. My homeboy, Dirty D. You got to check out a, uh, a mobile game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the game is called I Love My Circle. Um, <laughs> threw okay. me off. It's threw me off when I, you know, oh, I get the right. list and I'm like, <laughs> playing that oh, game this looks great. This looks great. This looks great. I love my circle. Okay, what? that can go a million different ways. If you're <laughs> it really can, or one. So um, I think uh, it only goes one way, and that's around. <laughs> Just oh, nonstop. Oh, Herb, can you cue up that rim shot? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um. It's uh, created by Joshua Burr or Jonathan Burr. I can't remember if it was Joshua or Jonathan, but um, Aaron Burr. Last name is Burr. Aaron Burr. Hell, why not? He was alive. There we go. He's alive now. Um, And the premise of the game basically is very simple, but um, it's quite addictive, and that's why I like the game. Um, You're a red dot. Mm -hmm. There's a circle. Okay. Um, You have to stay within the confines of this circle, but simultaneously there is a bombardment of different size blocks, rectangles, um, of different manners, uh, different variations coming at you. And this is for and the Atari 2600. No, this is actually for your $260, $500, $800 iPhone, wow. Samsung, and his phone. You know what I mean? So um, the game, it, it, it's, it's the perfect toilet game. 
Um, what? <laughs> yeah. It's Wait, the perfect toilet game. It's the perfect subway game. Finally, on the cool. Something to kill some so time and something to divert your eyes from the other people you're asking. You have to understand. It's like I hate games like Candy Crush. Right. I just feel like they're just so super played out, and though they're great games, you know, I did, I, I fell into the candy. The time killing games, you know what I mean. At the time, this game is like a time killer, but it's so addictive because you're trying to uh, achieve greatness in it mm-hmm. that it just sucks up like an hour of your life before you realize it. <laughs> so it's a better time killer. Before you than go, the game I gotta do killer. something else. This is not <laughs> right. Much. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so like I said, the different blocks. So you got a set of rectangles that'll come out uh, in like two directions diagonally in almost any direction in the 360 um, field area mm-hmm. and then you just you uh, you put your finger on the anywhere on the screen that's comfortable for you mm-hmm. on your phone and you move it by just swiping your finger left and right mm-hmm. uh, there's a boost option where you just swipe it really fast off the screen mm-hmm. and it'll push certain blocks that are allowed to uh, I, I call them the uh, translucent or transparent blocks yeah. can be broken through and pushed out of the block you cannot leave the circle if you leave the circle you have literally like a three Three second delay before you can get back in before it you know ends the game. This sounds like a pain in the ass, man. No, Why it's addictive. Just try it because it's so addictive. Because it's like, all right, cool. Like, oh crap. Like, I'm a gamer, bro. I'm gonna play it. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, I gotta yeah, get used bro. to this. And then when you get used to it, you start getting the rhythm of the game. You get in the flow of it. And then you know when something you know really simple happens and it knocks you out the circle, you're like, no, and you're screaming yourself. You know, <laughs> it, you throw your eight hundred dollar phone against the wall. <laughs> exactly. I, I imagine you just the potential like, to home. rage quit is really high, dude. <laughs> okay, I'm at, I'm at this dude. At home, ba- I'm on the toilet, bathroom door closed. Your son walks by. You hear porcelain break in the distance. It's that anger. It helps you release the bowels. It doesn't help Dad. anything, man. I was that kid though, like that had holes in his wall, like lining the the side of his gameplay. You know, oh it's just yeah, like the rage. I was the kid. I was the kid whose analog stick was always broken. Well, That's why I had posters all over my room. I was just covering up holes I punched in the wall like playing video games as a kid. Like, See, now, I had posters, too, for a different reason. Um, self-adhesive. Now, you, I imagine... Just get out of here. Playing yeah. the game. You were just playing Misty Mountains is all over my wall. Yeah. And just... Yeah, Misty well, Mountains. Oh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on becoming a private dick. Um, you... It's like major dad, okay, but uh, no, the, man, I don't the sense know. I'm getting, there was an old like Japanese game that came with I want to say one of the first PlayStation um, demo discs. I'm talking way, way. Wow, back. the demo disc way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a member of PlayStation Underground back before it was yep. cool kids. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the first things they'd send out, in, in, like the first PlayStation demo disc, they'd send out these random Japanese like one-off games. Yeah, yeah. Where it was like these little time wasters. It sounds like one of these, yeah. specifically one where you had like a, a bamboo sword you were trying to keep in a track, and little yeah, things would like knock that. you out. Oh, had those. Of the, it sounds like it sounds like this, right? This is a game where you're just this dot, and the entire premise. Like of this whole grand game is just to control the dot, control the dot, keep it in the circle. That's it. Damn. Okay. Well, I, those I demo discs were funny so though. You as, know what I mean? As, yeah, so it starts were. off at. So again, this is this is where it gets great. Mm-hmm. It starts off at a certain speed. Yeah. The more you, uh, the the longer you play, the longer you stay in the circle. Yeah. I should say, uh, the faster the the objects coming at you are. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's graded by different levels. So there's um, a gray system. It's uh, the colors of the rainbow. I'm just gonna call it the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes from like red all the way to what I want to say is a skull, mm-hmm. because apparently if you can get to the from skull, to you, yeah, <laughs> if you can get to the skull, you're that good. You know what I mean? I've made it to oh. blue, which is like. Right after the first color, which I think is, which is which I think is like green okay, or something. So you like went that. from red to job suck is what you're saying. Yeah, I suck at it. You're like the four, you're like the four year old with like a green belt in the karate <laughs> class. You know, tomorrow we learn the roundhouse. So you know the game is great. The soundtrack is good. The it's kind of like clubby, clubbish music. You know, like you know the hell is it? You know what I mean? Well, um, it's better music for power squeezing. And there's diff- different modes. There's vampire mode, and then. Bomb mode, which uh, if you hit certain blocks, they explode and thrust you out. Mm-hmm. But I think in that mode, you get uh, like five seconds more outside of the um, outside of the circle, you know, before the game ends. Um, and every game has a plus advanced mode once you beat all the original modes. Mm-hmm. So the, it, it has a high replayable factor, and you know, for one ninety nine, you can't beat that. Yeah, it came right, out on yeah. March first. Ah, wow, and it's powered by Unity. And um, you can get an iOS, Android. If you play it for more than two sessions on the toilet, then that's worth like a buck something. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? I didn't, like, know, I, didn't, I didn't know you could like, grade things these days, you know? If you play so. for more than four and your legs fall asleep, consult the doctor. <laughs> 
So I highly recommend it, man. Enjoy it. Uh, one ninety nine. You can't beat the price, nah, man. Right. You know. All right. You'll probably get a good solid month out Cute. of it mm-hmm. before some other great game. Some other guy develops a nice little quirky yeah, yeah, iOS yeah. game. I, I do I, like. I, the, I love my Square, the sequel. I do like I those old square, demo games though square. for the PlayStation. You know, it's like when you get those on Christmas, but you, you don't have do, any other do you games. You that play game? those like a thousand times. That game, Intelligent Cube or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like yes. Oh my god, I love that game. That game was awesome. I beat that demo like a million times. The only game I had at the time. But you start the demo over. If you, want to talk, yeah, yeah. if you want to talk demo disc games, it didn't get any better than Blast Chamber, and I, I'm only ups- I'm, I'm 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 upset that I never had more like more than uh, the two controllers because it was a four player game. Yeah, the four first ones. player like demo game like going yeah. on. It was a like four player demo game. You all have a bomb strapped to your chest. The object of the game is to get this bomb to the goal so that everybody else in this room blows the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most sadistic things. Like y'all, are my peoples. Terrorism. Like, you had terrorist. Right? Yeah, terrorist training one on one. Like get into the highest concentration of people quick. It's like yeah, oh, I don't. Man. Okay, so that's why I never got that far in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's good. All Maybe right. it's good you didn't buy the actual version. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I was poor. I was in high school. Give me a break. I had, I had, I had, I had crappy things to buy with my part-time uh, st- strawberry salary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I worked my God. You worked at strawberry? Strawberry? strawberries? Yes, yeah. brother. <laughs> I, worked, I worked at two of them, yo. One downtown, one in downtown and crossing? one in East Boston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. there, yeah. And well, I stopped working there for the Buster Rhymes signing. That's a different story. <laughs> Job, motherfucker. Anyways, hey, I you got to it. check out the Genesis Man Apocalypse. Am I the only one in the house that got to see this drivel? No, yes, I have. Tragedy. I have viewed it. You I, have viewed it. I, I didn't, my eyes, I didn't my see eyes it, cannot so. see what I've seen. Yeah, dude, what the heck, man? I had. I went in with such high hopes. Because this too. was my story. Wait, high hopes? How's really? that possible? High hopes, man. Okay, because <laughs> yo, because I know, we had I a know, chat. Way earlier, had, yeah, we had a chat after I, Deadpool. Uh huh. And you specifically said. Apocalypse is like the worst X-Men storyline. No, I said I said the most complex and convoluted yeah. and hard to do as a movie, but I still said one of my favorites cuz Apocalypse what? is one of my favorite villains and I went in with this one hoping that somehow well, remember, by the graces. I remember when he was hinted at at yeah. the end of the last movie, you were all pumped up. I, I, I was, so and, that, and that's was, one of the things. And yeah. I, we, if you recall, uh, Emily Hecht was um, yep. was uh, was chiming in the commentary there, yes. and she went on and on about how hot she thought the dude was. And I'm like, do you realize what you're saying? You're saying uh, Adolf Hitler had a cute high school picture. <laughs> yeah, it's just I haven't seen it, but he might. Yeah, oh, I, was struggling, I was struggling to drive it home, man. I can't find my notes here, so I'm just gonna wing it. But basically, the storyline is uh, the very first mutant um, on Earth uh, has returned after, yeah, after <laughs> after several thousand years of sleep, and they really go out of their way to emphasize how old he is, to point out how in storylines a lot of the stuff that he claims to be and is said about him is in the uh, Bible, and- isn't yeah, isn't yeah, like yeah. the Bible, isn't like Dead Sea Scrolls and all this old old historical text, and they say, well, it sounds like he's basing his leg his uh, legend off of these, and then someone points out, no, actually. These legends may be based off of him, right? It's kind of like in Highlander, like at the end of like the TV show when uh, Mythos is like one of the f- four riders of the apocalypse. There, the yeah. four horsemen. You know, it's kind of like that, right? Yep. Yeah, and I like that. I like that concept though because yeah. it shows that they're trying to go beyond the comic universe to give it some sort of uh, real life historical. To, yeah, yeah. And the only thing I can say is that is where it stops being clever. Outside the plot is something because you start off with a great premise, and then the whole thing just completely like somebody shat in their hand and threw it against the wall and said, "There we have a movie, my friends." Wow, man, I am so upset because this movie had every on paper it had everything. It had potential that should have been yes, such potential that should have made a really good movie. The introduction of Scott Summers, which we've been waiting to see since we kind of didn't hate. James Marsden in the early X Men movies because not he fully, played no, yeah yeah he played a good a good Scott Summers a good Cyclops because we're not supposed to like Scott Summers we respect him as a as a, as a leader and a warrior but he's also a dick yeah he James was like Marsden nuanced like, in yeah, the but, faces like I don't really like him but he hasn't really done anything to really piss me off yeah, you know what I mean he's reserved just, enough where you're like yeah I don't really trust yeah, that dude but he's something kinda, about yeah, that yeah, sure guy. and this movie introduced somebody new uh, Ty oh jeez I want to say not not Egerton. Was it actually? Oh, now, Joel the actor for Scott? Right. Yeah. I, I you know, totally you know, forgot the kid's name. Yeah, I forgot his name, too. Ty Sheridan. Sure. got a computer Ty around here I, somewhere. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ty Sheridan was good casting, I thought, because for some reason, I couldn't get 
past his face. Something was very specific about his face. And I'm like, I buy that this dude's going to grow up to be an ass. You know? And he played it well. That's it. When you know that. Yeah. requirement for well, being he, was, he, he, he was a punk yeah. teenager, but that really worked for the story and really worked for the, for the character. The actor portrayed it well. Um, and I couldn't get... I, I, I finally figured out what, what about his face looked kind of familiar, but kind of off-putting. Um... I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've seen Tom yeah. Hardy do great work. Tom Hardy is also a chameleon. Yeah. And I thought this may have been Tom Hardy in that, like, uh, remember Captain Event, the first Cap- uh, when, Captain America movie? They when they made his... him, like, yeah, when they made him, like, extra small yeah. and skinny. I thought they pulled one of those for a few minutes. Yeah. It's not. Ty Sheridan just has that yeah. face. He looks like Tom Hardy's little brother. Uh, yeah, but he's been good in great. He's been good in past movies and everything yeah, like that. No, where I'm, I'm not like saying his acting was bad. I'm just saying his face was very specific. That's all. <laughs> the punchability scale is high. Is what you're saying? Yeah. That's what it was. You got. Yeah. You got to get to the oh. part where some of the characters I've been waiting to see on screen, yeah, dude. were underutilized so bad. Oh, How was Olivia dude. Munn? Olivia Munn was she was just eye was, candy for whatever. Was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that, yeah. That's what I was expecting, dude. But well, Psylocke, the, the character of Psylocke is a complex one that no one's ever really cared about to the point where they've reckoned it like no less than four times. Man, yeah. Jim she Lee still, was awesome. I'm sorry, Jim, Jim, <laughs> Jim Lee, dude. Right, right, that was like Jim Lee was said, not in this movie. No, but he was like he was the one that introduced to like introduce Psylocke to like to the world, like the world, oh, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah but, man. But think about it this way: yeah. where Sorry, the characters anyways. started and where the characters have, have have come, like end up, are worlds like years yeah. apart. Well, Look at Deadpool. Fabian DeCiza and Rob Liefeld created that stuff. Yeah. And now he's one of the most popular movie characters in 2016. Right. But we're talking yeah. about like with the X-Men and everything like this with this franchise it's just like it's so hit or like throw it against the wall. You know what I mean? Like, they'll go from being Here's- like good to really good mm-hmm. to oh my god how did they do that you know what I mean it's yeah. like seems to be like jumping from that like and, back and, and forth then, even and from like the Wolverine to, oh god, single story get funding for that yeah it's like the single story like the uh, X Men Origins Wolverine and then to like the X Men's first you know the other X Men answer that you know, question that's Fox do they got? don't give a damn right <laughs> he's not wrong okay now tell me did something seem familiar about this movie that you couldn't quite place your finger on because I for the longest time until I saw the end credits couldn't think why this movie's it's like just off kilter with me nah man okay well, here's expound. what got, here's what got me I liked I really liked X-Men First Class okay and I liked Days of Future Past less mm-hmm. but Days of Future Past building off of First Class it wasn't a bad film yeah, yeah. no it wasn't a bad film at all you're right but the thing that got me on this one was there's something familiar about this but something familiar that I don't like and I can't quite place it I found it at the end credits because I didn't research who made this beforehand it was directed by Brian Singer oh. <laughs> right there <laughs> and my thing is after after rebuilding the good faith that Brian Singer cut down in X-Men movies and comic movies in general yeah. uh, with X-Men First Class and then to a lesser degree but like I said with, um, with uh, Days of Future Past and The Wolverine yeah. Brian Singer comes in and presents this movie that was all style over substance yeah. uh, I was so let down like, because I, they it, had potential and, plus, and they dropped where the ball. I felt like they tried so hard like there were scenes in there that were great uh, could have been better at rated R mm-hmm. but like I feel like it was trying to pay homage to the comic events you know like oh great thank you for paying that little piece of homage yeah. get back to the story which is garbage as shell mm-hmm. garbage as hell you know what I mean? So that, I think that's that's what I dislike most about it. It's like he tried so hard to appease fans mm. while trying to keep his singer touch yeah. on, on, on the film. And then you totally destroy, like, characters that are, like, iconic. Well, like, what I'm know, also hearing out of this movie, too, like, and not having seen it, is, like, the... Uh just the continuity and, the, like, the time frame of this movie, like, yeah. doesn't really make sense when you align it with the other films. Exactly. Well, yeah, it, you know what I mean? And I think but, the excuse like he gave to is like, uh, some quantum physics mechanics. Yeah. Well, that's what really happened in Days of right. Future Past, remember? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's such an easy cop-out where it's just like, you can blame it on anything, you know what I mean? It's just... It, but that's the attitude. It's like, you can tell he doesn't care. It's just a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which is thing because no, he kind of like brought this stuff to us, you was know that, what I mean? Was like, that it was, that told yeah. me that um, there was a something, an article that he wrote, was that true that um, somebody said, he, he stated that... Um, this I'm 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 making a sci-fi film more than I'm making a fan film. Um, oh, you know what I mean? that wasn't me, but I can definitely I can definitely I can definitely see that. You know what I mean? Like and he he said he built, I was like I'm not doing this for the fans. I'm creating a sci-fi film that I feel like I could tell in this manner. And 
This and is the way it's going to be done. Which would be cool if, you know what I mean, but the sci-fi still has to hold up. It still has to like, <laughs> I mean, make yeah. sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. Like, it still has to, like, make sense. Like, the, the science of the sci-fi oh, still has to be science, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it still has to be, like, you can't just, like, write it off, like, well, oh, you know? Hey, we have to be Exactly. How can you, like, really blame him, though, dude? You're, you're taking on a character like Apocalypse, dude. That's, like, yeah. like oh, celestial no. technology. No, no, no. We, 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 can, we like, can blame him. Okay, well, we can blame them. Maybe. The, fact, the fact that these cats took nothing characters, or like um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and gave us a solid movie that was entertaining. Yep. But that was Marvel. Fit it, it. It's all Marvel. That's the thing. No. People can't but this is assume Fox. just because it's not it, it's Fox making the movie doesn't mean it, it exists outside of the Marvel universe. And that's the problem. Yeah. Because we've gotten all too comfortable in saying, well, why wasn't Andrew Garfield in uh, in Iron Man? Sure, well, you know, yeah. Because it's Fox. And so it's like they all are in the Marvel Universe and the fact that these companies, these studios, have their own inner turmoils and, oh, we can't work with this, we can't have this and here and things, that detriments it because you have people that make good movies and in the same universe you'll have people that make the really crappy movies. This movie was garbage juice in my opinion. (laughs) It it hurts to say because they took one of my favorite stories and they bastardized it. And that's that's what's aggravating about like, at the end of the day, dude, I cried and like, I cried when I watched it. I'm like, dude, I looked at my girl like, baby, I just I'm crying for the day Marvel can helm an X Men film. I'm an X Men mm-hmm. lover. Like I love the Avengers, mm-hmm. but I was an X Men kid. I was '90s cartoon comic books, mm-hmm. '90s gra- comics mm-hmm. all the way through. I have the runs, brother. Nice. Yeah, and dude, it sucks so that was I, I, I was can't a DC get an X Men movie. X Men was my only event. Was my only toe dipping into Marvel. Yeah, and, it, and, yeah. It, and it was what's up. Okay, I'm like everything else in Marvel is gritty and too raw for me. But X Men is the saving grace. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know I would have killed for a movie like this in the '90s. Yeah. When all we had was like the Punisher, um, the Dolph London Punisher. <laughs> that's that's and, interesting, dude. You know, like, would, if you saw this movie back in the '90s, would you have considered it like a good movie then, dude? Like, what, what I considered movies, no, like, no, but that's because we didn't have. I considered anything. Biodome a good movie in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, yeah. All right, all right. Like we can't go back in time, yeah. But right. you're right. I probably would have. You know what I mean? But, but that's not the time we're. It's not no. the time we're living. Yeah, in. We're, yeah, we, that's we, right. We, that's we right. have right. high now. standards now. You know what I mean? Yep. We should. We should have high yep. standards as as fans, as critics. You know, as we can as look at these things with prestige. And then the yep. back. Uh, if you did, you did you see the end credit? I watched the end credit. I'm like, really? Like that should have happened before. That right, well, that, that, dude, that should have happened between X one and X two. Yeah. Exactly. Don't spoil that. All I'll say, okay, no, actually, okay, the legit review here now is this is not Apocalypse's movie, even though it should be. This is not the X-Men movie, even though it should be. They really try to ham fist and crowbar in the the uh, the bromance between Professor X and Magneto. Yep. And by now, we have stopped caring. Yep. Yep. Like, this is so far beyond the realm of I don't give a you know, mm. the only the only thing that saved this movie experience and would make me recommend it to anybody is if you wanted to see Gene Gray yeah. finally not be the extra emo. Oh, I'm kind of the Phoenix, but I'm not. And maybe I'm working for Magneto, or maybe I'm not. And yeah. It's like you wanted to see her just be Jean Gray, the actress in this movie. She handled that. They didn't yeah, give her much that. to do, but when she was on screen. I was like, you know what? I kind of care where this story goes. Yeah. They put Jean Grey in play. They put Scott Summers in play. Finally! Mm. And, eh. dude, so, Nightcrawler, son. So, yeah. Nightcrawler was all over this movie. I left my ass off. It was on play. It <laughs> Nightcrawler actually does some stuff besides speak German, pray, and look weird. It's actually well, funny so, as hell. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so I mean, I, I guess I'm stuff. digging it like that. So the only reason I'm actually interested in this movie is... Uh, is uh because of the uh, the actor who plays Apocalypse? The actor, oh, uh, uh, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Great. he does. I mean, he, I mean, he's basically unrecognizable to look at him. Yeah, they did. And so, uh, they did a I lot mean, with does the he? I won't say they good. They did good with the makeup. I'll say they did a lot with the makeup. Right. Because at the end, they tried to make. But it like, look is more the performance like? Does yeah. the performance mean like? His is performance it, was a letdown, and that's what really bugs me because Apocalypse no, is in the title. To me, no, it, was, it wasn't. Okay, it was actually really good. It's just what we know of Apocalypse mm-hmm. and what he's capable of wasn't done correctly. Oh, okay. His voice, okay, I can the see way that. he I approached the actors, the way he approached his agenda was... I mean, Oscar Wilde's a great actor, bro. Oscar like, Isaac. Thank like, you, yeah. Oscar Isaac. Yo, no, no. Like, I love, I love everything he's in. Time, um, that movie, The Machine... Uh, the Machine? The one when he built the Android? Oh, Ex Machina. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was great acting. Great movie. So I just, I just couldn't get past... I, like, I just saw that and I just saw him. And I'm like, oh, good choice for Apocalypse. Mm. I like the way they did the voice. I like the way they approached the situation. It's just, you know, Apocalypse is way more badass. Okay, I, th- I think you're right. Well, I, may, I, I, may have, I may have been hasty in my assumption. I yeah. think you're right. 
I still would have liked to have seen more done with Apocalypse yes. in line with him being more of an evil desperate figure than just a manipulative um, like powered Lex Luthor yeah. type of guy. You know, uh, I will say though, the well, one of the things that this movie absolutely did right, well, kind of did right, mostly did right, yeah. is introduce several different uh, X Men universe characters. They showed them, they showed what they could do, but they didn't harp on most of them for too long. Yeah. We saw right. Cal- we saw Caliban and what he was doing yeah. made sense. We oh, saw right. Storm. I would have liked to have seen more of Storm, or at least the better actress portray Storm. There's no but I think character she, I think, that's been screwed over more than Storm. In the so. whole X Men thing, um, Scott Summers. She has Scott no, Summers, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe, they, but they like, she has out. no good dialogue in any of these movies she's yeah, ever done. Yeah. <laughs> in all fairness, though, Halle you know Berry's what happens to a frog after he gets struck by lightning? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just gonna bring it's that. Like, up. Are you yeah. the kidding same me? Thing that happens to everything. Else? Everything else, it's like you gotta. She's she's Why you it. Dredge a Jamaican accent, but she's it, man. She's it. She's like the you know. She gets nothing. A big deal was made about Jubilee, and oh, you're gonna see Jubilee. She's gonna do stuff now it's like she was a background figure i liked True. seeing her there but i never understood why she was such a big deal outside of the 90s cartoon show and i thought this movie was going to present that they didn't really well it sounds we like uh, it sounds like x-men is like in perpetual thing of like but, too many cooks in the kitchen there's yeah. too many yeah, characters well, that you want to see there's too many like you know th- these great storylines that you want to see like brought to light and it's just like they don't have time and so they like just like well, bring they, some well, up dude, and then they throw them to the dude, wayside all the time long ass movie man dude yeah but this was like two and a half what was a was, was this movie make you want to read the, the, the upcoming X-Men event the Apocalypse War or whatever dude no and it should it should <laughs> yeah dude. but it won't you know ah uh, man that's what because this it doesn't all, make it was, you want to go to the comics all the special, no oh, and it should well, too it was all special effects and it fails twice it was all style no substance and even even Brian Singer took liberties with a lot of the costuming, which I think was a misstep. Uh, that Psylo- was the most aggravating part of he the movie. He also takes liberties. Hey, by the way, look too. at those. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, Singer? I, 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 I will say, I will say, I've talked a lot of mess about this, but once again, my favorite scene coming out of the movie, coming out of an X-Men movie, was Quicksilver, dude. Yeah, Quicksilver. The soundtrack to that scene was awesome. So, because in the last yeah. movie, like he does that thing, it's like, oh, you know, he's walking around, yeah. he's moving the bullets and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it played to that music. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah it was great. Started off, I thought they were doing an homage to that, yeah. and when the scene became its own, I was like, okay. Yeah. It took it took it took about a good thirty seconds la- for me to be like, oh, y'all doing this BS again? How the fuck? Oh, that's what's going. They have on. a better Quicksilver than the Avengers Quicksilver. Yeah, they do. Absolutely, <laughs> they have a live Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. All right, at the end of the day, which I've said like four times here, but now at the end, um, I can't recommend anyone see this, but if you are seriously a hardcore fan, you know... Savage. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's true, dude. man. It's good. It, it's good. It, the, movie, the movie almost hurt me. Like yeah, on, on a moral you, level, all right, man. I'm upset. See, see, I'm, in, I'm, I'm upset as a comic fan and as a black man. He started off in Egypt. How many, how many so black I, people? So did this you is see my last Egypt? question about the thing. All right, do, do you up? think? Do you see, Greeks in Egypt? Do, it was all Mark Anthony Fox cutting a deal with Marvel as Sony did to let them helm something. I don't because they're petty, mother. They're, yeah, they're, they're petty. Right. But I would. Li- I wish they. Thanks would for have shattering a my dream. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. Just it's just I wish I had put better a knife news in my eyes. We have gone so far over time on this review. It's sorry. no. It's it's good, man. It's yeah. it's, it's it's. All right. Well, either is. way, I can't recommend this. D. Nah, man. Yeah. I'd uh, bootleg it or wait till it hits. Bootleg it. Do something. As much as we don't endorse these illicit we activities, don't, but, yo, you know, can't. save your 10, 20 bucks, man. Seriously. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna go. All right. You know, well, cancel we, plans for tomorrow night. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had hoped to have a have a couple of solid rev- more reviews out. Um, we don't. We just don't have the time. We got like two minutes. I do. I guess want to bro. Want to want to uh, touch on the uh, most recent controversy with Captain America. Uh, <laughs> because yeah, man. Okay. The real reason. I'll, I'll be real quick with this because I mean, did, did did you did? Am I the only one that read Captain America? Steve Rogers. No, I read it. Man. You guys read it. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. Captain America. Steve Rogers <laughs> is the new Captain America book. <laughs> Um, which brings uh, Steve Rogers back as Captain America. He's taking up the helm and the shield again. But he's not taking over the mantle of Captain America from Sam Wilson. Rather, he's sharing it this time. Yeah. So this means a new costume. This means a new shield. This also means... A new costume. Ebony and Ivory video. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. I didn't even... That's, that's wrong. That's, that's messed up. It's not even wrong. I mean, it's... Uh, okay. yeah, I think, it's not I think funny, it's just, but... It's, 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 it's like, a geek down. They're jocking our style and color scheme, brother. Yeah, right, you, can't, right. you can't throw that type of twist into a character who's been so iconic and just literally been 
pictured and looked at as the epitome of the American ideal. We look There's at no way in hell you should do that. No, you're right. I think you're right. But man. The only, well, uh, the they only did way that I with Joker. They, so. How? Man. There's three of them now. Oh, there's three, yeah. there's three jokers. You got to try to keep these things fresh to sell books, and you can only sell Captain America, the great American hero, for so long. It's been like sixty years, bro. Yeah, but yeah. so I can see them pulling a twist. And after reading it, there was a subtle hint in it, a very subtle hint a friend turned me on to that would kind of make this make sense. Mm. No spoilers necessarily, but I will say that at one point they did mention the cosmic cube and yeah. time travel. And that's all I can say that would kind of make this make sense. But what we ended up with is Captain America has and is now and has always been a sleeper agent for Hydra. Mm. This first issue was written very well. The second issue I got a taste of. I didn't fully read myself. Mm. I think they may be up to issue four in digital uh, version. So we'll uh, touch on that next week, hopefully. Mm. But, yo, Captain America, Steve Rogers, at the very least, they're doing something very, very different with Cap. And I think yeah, pretty interesting. And not just like, oh, you fired you for being a communist. Like, <laughs> get the freak me out of here. But I say check it out, man. It kind of, it just got, just to the point that it piqued my interest. Yeah. And kind of watched the taste of X Men Apocalypse. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's almost it's good thing still you chose a better reason after. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, we didn't get the Dark Souls. Hopefully, we can get to that maybe next week. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. So this has been the Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Want to thank you all for listening. Want to thank the cast supreme, the cavalcade of suckers that came in to represent for Geekdom. I'm talking about my homeboy Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. Right there, pound my buddy. All right. I'm talking about my man Dirty D. Hell Hydra. <laughs> all right. I'm talking about the consummate gamer who gave away all his strategies tonight, just Johnny. Yo. Mm-hmm. And talk about the man who keeps us sounding extra special, DJ Herbie Herb. Yo. All right, solid. And I want to remind you all, you can catch us every Monday nights right here on WEMFradio.com. Catch us next week. And if you heard anything in the meantime you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or just go to geek-down.com for all that good info. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram, all that, all the social networks. You can find us and let us know how you feel about things. And until then, we'll catch you next Monday night right here, 9 p.m., same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. Tiger.